This is Lester Smith reporting. Next news as it happens. Next scheduled news at 11 o'clock over WOR, Radio 710, The Talk of New York. Suddenly, all of a sudden, somebody shows up that really exudes that, that the chief is here. You have known that type, right? That's a rare type, by the way. You better believe it. That's a very rare type. Like one night, I was in this restaurant, and uh, right here in town, and I'm sitting there in a the restaurant, seeing a lot of people were in there. It was a dinner time, you know. And uh, all of a sudden, I was aware of a presence. <laughs> it just permeates your head, you know. I turn around, and who would come in the door but Roosevelt Greer? Now, uh, I tell you, <laughs> very impressive man. Now, yeah, he just came in, you know. He's a sort of exuded, uh, the chief is on the scene. And I just can't imagine trying to throw a block on Roosevelt Greer. I just can't imagine it. And when you stop to think that there were guys that actually did it and did it successfully, I mean, it makes you think that the that there is living among us a race of giants, of supermen. I mean, you know, the concept of Superman is not just uh, fun and games. There are supermen. I mean, I hate to admit it, but there are. I mean, can you imagine trying to take a rebound from Wilt Chamberlain? I mean, can you imagine, you know, both of you go up together, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, not exactly. He goes up, and you sort of trail behind, you know. <laughs> Both of you go. Can you imagine you standing there, getting ready to center jump with, say, uh, just for argument's sake, Bill Walton. What is he, seven feet two, something like that? 
six feet seven, seven even, six, seven, or did you say six ten? Six eleven? Well, that's getting academic, you know. I mean, when you get up into those areas there, I mean, it's just a matter, you know, it's a matter of how thick the soles of your shoes are, you know. I mean, when you're six feet eleven, I mean, you know, you might as well be ten feet. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, that's all academic. And to see him go up like that, and, 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 you know, you see a guy like Jabbar. I mean, Jabbar can pick him off the backboard bending over. Now, how tall is he? Seven three, great Scott! I mean, you know, let's now that it's just not just height. See, I'm not just talking about height. I mean, there's a, there's been a lot of tall, skinny guys in the world, but uh, it's something when the when the when the you know when there's a guy that comes out that exudes not only tall, skinny guy, but he exudes I'm the boss. He comes out. Now, where did I see this happen? You know, I I saw the only time I can recall again the seeing at the. Uh, professionally, it was one time I was in an area with a bunch of actors. I was in the actor's studio, and I was with a whole bunch of actors one time. We're all sitting around, you know, these guys uh, all working on their charisma, see. Well, all, <laughs> yeah, you know, people work on their charisma in that business the way other people, say, shine their cars. Uh, you know, I want you to keep that belt buckle polished, too, buddy. Keep that gut pulled in there. I don't want to, no messing around. And boy, when we have a footlocker inspection, we're going to have one here in this outfit. Telling you this. And, you know, I, it's like 3 o'clock in the morning. All of a sudden, they start whistling out there in the company street. Were you ever in the Army? Navy. Well, same scene. Well, not really. No, 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 not really. There's a, there's a certain similarity, but not really, you know. There's a difference there. I mean, really, there's a difference. For one thing, your clothes always look clean. Uh, that's one thing about the Navy. Yeah, they have those nice white clothes, you know, and all that stuff. And, and our, uh, you know, the Army clothes, you know, it looks like no matter what you did in the Army, it looks like you always rolled around in the mud. Uh, it's just, just the way the clothes were. It, 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 it camouflage, you see, is what you were wearing. And a man don't like to be camouflaged in life, does he? No, I, I, I say, you know what I think? If, if, if the Army wanted to uh, start a really, a, a genuine recruiting scene, you know, they're always talking about getting guys in the Army today. I, I would say this. First of all, change the name of the units. How can you feel esprit de corps when you're in the 374216th-slash-ERT-slash- ING slash unit. I mean, that's not like the Queen's own foot hussars. Can't you see yourself in the 17th Light Dragoons? Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, you know, and, and, and it's the ranks, too. How can you get excited over being a spec slash 3 dash 5? That's not exciting. That's like, like something that came out of a computer, you know, and those little numbers at the bottom of a check. Wouldn't you like to be, say, a uh, a lance corporal in the 17th Queen's Own Foot Guards? A lance corporal, or something, or or a uh, you know a, a, a grenadier. Now, uh, uh, you know, to be to be a, a, a grenadier second class in, uh, let's say, the uh, the King's 14th Blue and Gray Light Argyles. Now, that's a unit, man. <laughs> that's the kind of stuff that, you know... And, and furthermore, I suggest that the, that the uniforms, that the uniforms today look a little bit like a cross between a, a bus driver in his full-dress uniform with a little dash of the, uh, the, uh, uh, the sanitation department band. 
Now that is not exactly the kind of thing that you see in the big scene, you know, in, in the in the end of the movies with uh, Tyrone Power when he's dancing with uh, Vera Allen, you know. <laughs> at the at, listen, I one time I learned about this. I, I tell you, I used to do a lot of acting here in this town. And one time in a in a TV show, which uh, is better forgotten than remembered, but nevertheless, it was a, it was an epic. You know, they used to do TV shows that were epics. Today, you know, it's all in the family, people sitting around. You know, all that uh, that proletarian TV has been has been foisted off on us, you know, at home with the guy that's a junk dealer, you know, at home with the brickyard. Okay, you know, he takes so much of this stuff. Man needs a little grandeur in his life, don't you think? Just a little bit, you know, a little, uh, little ritual, a little ceremony. Why do you think guys join lodges? Listen, I knew a guy whose big point of his life, he belonged to the Syrian mystic sons. And, uh, and every <laughs> every Wednesday, he would put on his lodge uniform, and it was unbelievable. It was a fez with a big silver sword on the top of it, had a gold plume. This guy had a purple coat that had green buttons on it, He and he had a sash. He had a red sash, man. That's the way to go, you know? And he had these big yellow pantaloons, you know, the kind of, like, to go down like the, you know, like the, like the Bedouins wear. He had these pantaloons. He had, he had, uh, he had uh, these black boots up to the... You know, came almost up to the navel, that kind of stuff. And he'd go down the street on his way to the lodge meeting, you know, with his buddies. You'd hear the swords clanking. Oh, wow, that's not chock full of nuts. I'll tell you, you know. So, <laughs> anyway, well, before we go any further with this uh, with this melange of observations on the scene, please hit, a, hit the uh, commercial button, if you will. Well, how much does this new car cost? All right, including white walls? Oh, uh, tinted glass? Reclining buckets? Disc brakes. Well, how about electric rear window? The true cost of a new car is what you pay for it the way you want it, not stripped. The Datsun 610 Luxury Economy car comes with all those extras standard, things other cars charge extra for. Plus, full carpeting, electric clock, center console box, and lots more. The Datsun 610 delivers great gas mileage, low maintenance, and high resale value, too. Take a test drive in a Datsun 610 four-door sedan, two-door hardtop, or five-door wagon. Compare costs, true costs. You'll discover the Datsun 610 is a bigger bargain than you thought. Yeah, get to know that old Datsun. Find out the true cost. Go into your Datsun dealer in New York, New Jersey, or Fairfield County. Right. How about the Grand Union? You got that one to lay on us there? Goody. Let's sing again. There's that old chorus there coming out of the frozen food lockers again. This is a beautiful music. Prices are here. Lerner and Lowesville. Colored arrows make them clear. Yes. It's got an operatic quality to it. We've marked prices this way. I'd love to have been on this recording session. Every day. It's a grand union. Grand union. Our grand buys them are green. Oh, this is something. Weekly specials, we mean. He's dressed like uh, Rudolph Valentino is a sheik in this scene. A shake, if you prefer that. This week's lamb sale features fresh American oven-ready, whole leg of lamb, $1.08 a pound, shoulder lamb chops, $1.28 a pound, plus Del Monte fruit cocktail, 17-ounce can, 39 cents. I'm singing real good today. 
And uh, while we're on the subject of singing, do you have my, uh, let's see, do you have my Italian scene going in there? Fine, let's hear that one now. Enjoying Osobuco in Milan, savoring a beefsteak in Florence, or Saltimbocca alla Romana in Rome. Alitalia's Italy is all you ever dreamed of, and more. For example, Alitalia's Italy is also the specialty of Trattoria da Ciccio in Amalfi, spaghetti in a paper bag. First, Ciccio makes a clam sauce. Next, he boils some spaghetti. Then he puts both into a paper bag and heats it in an oven. What comes out isn't just spaghetti with sauce on it, but spaghetti with sauce in it. The food is so good, you almost forget to notice the incredible Amalfi Coast. Alitalia has almost 50 different tours of Italy, and only Alitalia flies exclusively 747s from New York to Rome and Milan. What's more, there isn't a scheduled airline in the world that can beat our new low fares to Italy. For free assistance, call an expert, your travel agent, or call Alitalia and come to Alitalia's Italy, where you get all you ever dreamed of and more. Hey, listen, have you noticed what's happening? Uh, in fact, the other day, um, uh, this is, uh, by the way, WR New York. It's okay. Be calm. In case you're wondering who to write the angry letter to. Have you, uh, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I don't want uh, poor old cousin Brucey to get it laid on. No way. He's innocent over there. Anybody who plays that kind of stuff has got to be innocent. But, uh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that's uh, that's called, uh, that's called uh, acne rock. It is. There's, uh, there's acne rock, bubblegum rock. And then, uh, of course, there's another one I can't even say on the air because there's kids listening, you know, but that's something else, you know. You get, you know, that's the language of the streets. And let's face it, I live in the street, and uh, I kind of like it. <laughs> I hate to admit it. <laughs> but uh, all seriousness aside, friends, and getting back to the pompous side of life, pompous is not the same as serious. Do not confuse the two. No, no. Uh, speaking of the uh, serious side of life, uh, uh, we have a. Uh, I, I, how many of you are great fans of the little, the little capsule descriptions of television shows that you see, say in the Times? You know, it tells you what to watch today. Today's best bets. They're always something totally pompous. CBS in a seven-part article investigates the corn crop in Peru. You know, you can hardly wait to see that one. But uh, that's the best bet, of course. And uh, anything that's English appears on Channel 13. That'll, that'll, we know that. That's got to be... You know, why don't they just get themselves a BBC logo? You know, uh, be, we're a repeater station now <laughs> for the BBC. <laughs> oh, that's people's television, right? You're one of the people. Okay. But uh, nevertheless, uh, here, uh, here's, a, here's a beautiful little bit of, uh, of Americana of our time. It, just, it's, it describes uh, a major effort by a major network to do a major television show. You will admit that Adam-12 is one of the top ten shows on TV. It's hard to admit it, but you would have to admit it. Yeah, it is. Well, now, don't get mad at me. I'm just, uh, I'm just telling you it is. I didn't invent it. It says, Adam-12, 8 p.m., Channel 4, and here's a description of an entire half hour of television. Officer Reed is kidded by... Officer Malloy about his squeaky shoes. Martin Milner and Kent McCord star. Good God almighty. You know how much it cost them to make that damn show? I mean, just for the technicians alone. I mean, that's about 30,000 bananas. They're just to shoot it. Uh, the TV time itself goes for about 94,000 bananas at $8. Uh, at at uh, 8 o'clock at night on Channel 4. You know, the whole network. And he kids us. 
fellow officer about his squeaky shoes for half an hour. Now, that's a non-controversial show, wouldn't you say? That will not offend anybody except anybody with taste. All right. And we don't worry about that crowd. Oh, oh, oh no. Get out of here. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, it's all a... It's all a circus in a yard. Well, speaking of circus, you got my circus music in there. No, 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 no. In here, in here. It says Ringling Brothers. You got it? Hit it. I love this one. I do it real fast. The new, all new, 104th edition of Ringling Brothers, Barnum and Bailey Circuit, the greatest show on earth, is coming to the Nassau Coliseum for 23 big performances from Wednesday, November 6th through Sunday, November 17th. And this year, for the first time ever, you can charge your circus tickets by phone, Bank America, the magic source of master charge. Operators are standing by to take your order and mail your tickets out immediately. So call this number now for the best seats of the greatest show on earth. 516-794-9400. That's 516-794-9400. The greatest show on earth. My God, I beat it. I beat it. Oh, that's like breaking 90. Shepard just some just jumped the seven-foot high jump. My God, it was fantastic. And I didn't fluff a word. Not a word. A whole new career has opened up for Shepard. The world of shock, what they call schlock spots in the business. Uh, speak. No, 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 no. <laughs> I better not. <laughs> I better not. We've got a little pause there. I'm full of blowing bubbles. Let up. We're letting them cool off out there. You have to walk the horses around after a race, you know. Everything has to cool off. How about a bit of archaic poetry? Would you like a bit of archaic poetry about shooting pigeons? All right, here. Real pigeons. Bring out some archaic music, please. Please. Bring it out there. Bring. <laughs> That's archaic, all right. You know this was recorded in 1923? It was. It's called, it's a, it's a jug man, you know, the real jug man. It's a real thing, man. That's all I had was jugs. I mean, listen to the guy playing that bass jug there. That's an old bourbon jug. Listen to him. Listen to that. Hear that groan? That's great. Listen. Jug band. Wouldn't you love to see this crowd? I wonder where they all are. Playing jugs in hell, I'll bet. Hold it there. That's enough of that. Now we've calmed them down. How about one of our commercial announcements? Gramercy Park Close of 61 West 23rd Street says, Everybody but everybody must have seen the article in the newspaper about saving money on men's clothing. Gramercy Park hasn't seen so many people coming to buy clothes in its 78 years of manufacturing. It took a major newspaper article to explain how Gramercy Park sells fine quality clothing to men who won't pay high prices. If you want good-looking clothes without paying high prices, do this. Go to the sixth floor of the factory building at 61 West 23rd Street. Try on all the new styles, the suits, the cashmere overcoats, the imported tweed sport coats, the slacks, Far, far better clothing than you thought you could get for this type of money. There's no obligation, and credit cards are okay. The address is Gramercy Park Clothes, 61 West 23rd Street, 61 West 23rd Street, New York. Gina, I, I like that. That's a, uh, Gramercy's taking a surrealistic attitude towards its spots. I kind of like that. A little surrealism there. Never hurt the sale of suits anyway. Most of them are surrealistic anyway. But, uh, you know, uh, 
No, no, seriously, I, I want to do something here. May I? May I? We got to. We got to get back to the basic thing. I, I, I was going to tell you the story about grandeur, wasn't I? Yes, I touched on the fact that at one time I was a member of the Queen's Seventeenth Hussars. It was her own cavalry. I seriously was. I was, and I'll tell you how it happened. I really was. Now, one thing about an outfit that is called the Queen's Own Light Cavalry, they have great suits. I mean, those are uniforms that don't stop, I'll tell you. And uh, how it happened was, when I first came to town here in New York, I did a lot of acting. I did uh, some Broadway stuff, and I did all kinds of off-Broadway shows. And, uh, you know, really into the scene big. And the one day my agent called and said, uh, Shepard, you got a roll. And I said, oh, God, I can pay the rent again. He said, uh, all right, he says, don't, don't mess around. He says, get over to Brooks Costuming quick. I said, what is it? He says, I don't know what it is. He says, uh, but they got a costume down there for you. He says, and then come by the office later and pick up the script. It's for craft. I says, okay, groovy. And so at that point, you remember the craft theater? Well, you're talking to a guy who was on it so, several times. And so at that point, I rushed down to, you know, Brooks. Now, maybe a lot of you in New York don't know what Brooks is. Well, a lot of people don't. Brooks Costuming... If you ever went to Brooks and you're into clothes, man, you would go out of your skull. Brooks Costuming is over here on the west side, and it's the place that costumes all the Broadway shows. I mean, all the way back to probably the time when they did. First, when they first did East Lynn, they probably provided the costumes for the show that was playing the night that Lincoln got shot. And uh, they still got the costumes there. Yeah, and so you go down there, see, and I, and I, I they have this tremendous place about, you know, all the big stores, various uh, floors, departments. They have guys that sew uh, brass buttons on World War II uniforms, you know, and, oh, it's fantastic. So I pull on down, I don't even know what the role is going to be, see. So I, all I know is I'm, I'm, I'm working this week, you know, and I was all excited, man. You always are when you got a job, you know. So I rush into this place, and they have this guy sitting behind a cage there when you come in. He says, yeah. I said, uh, I'm Shepard. I'm here for craft. He said, Shepard, Shepard. Oh, and he takes out this, this, uh, he's got a little card file catalog. And he says, oh, Shepard. He said, you go up the fourth floor and ask for Jaime. So I said, all right. So I get in the elevator. They had this one of these elevators, you know, that was looked like it was made out of a cage, a bird cage. And goes up, see. And, uh, you know, you could smell old uh, turkey shows that have been costumed. Yeah, they've got even costumes from shows that last on our Broadway eight, nine, ten seconds. You know, there's on record two shows that closed in the in the middle of the second scene in the first act. The reaction was so rotten, they just closed the curtain and says, okay, all right, go on home, all right, you win. Here, take your damn money back. <laughs> yeah, that's happened. So they got the costumes there in Brooks. So up I went, see, up to the elevator, up to the fourth floor. So here's another little desk there with a guy sitting there. I, you know, I jumped out of the elevator, hopped out, excited, you know, ready for my next big job. See, the last role that I had had, if you're curious what I had played the time before, I had the most magnificent cowboy suit you ever saw in your life. Oh, it was beautiful. I mean, even had these great big, uh, you, know, shoulder, you know, big shoulder holster hanging down, you know, with a black vest. Oh, it was a great thing. Yeah, it is a shoulder holster. And... uh Right, big vest. And this guy had the, the the character that I played had a had a crisscross belt, you know, with all these 
38 caliber slugs sticking down in there. Two great big Smith and Weston 38s on each. Uh, oh, it's a fantastic roll. So yeah, <laughs> big hat, the whole works. Well, so I, you know, I didn't know what it was going to be. See, so I, I got out. I, I stepped out of the elevator and I said to this guy sitting there, I says, uh, "I'm Shepard. I was, uh, look for Jaime." So he turns around and says, "Jaime, he's another one for crap." So <laughs> a little guy comes out from behind the thing. He looked like a mole. See. And uh, Jaime says, ah, right, come on, follow me. And Dave Shepard, I said, yeah, yeah. They don't, nobody has time for anybody in this town, you know. It's always hurry, see. He said, come on, follow me. I says, what is the wrong? He said, oh, come on, it's time to talk. Come on back. So we run back in there, and I stand up on a box. He puts me on a box, and they start putting this thing on me. See, they're, they're, they're uh, supposed to be uh, uh, they're supposed to be fitting it. See, it was unbelievable. Oh, God almighty. I just, one of the great moments of my life. The first thing they put on, if you're, Oh, geez. You know, when I look back on my moments of glory, I think back, you know, I think, geez, you know, I'm telling you, guy has to have some memories. So uh, I, I put on, first thing they, they brought out, they brought out a, a, a royal blue coat. You got it? That had, like, cutaway tails on the back, see? But it had these little short kind of, uh, it didn't close. It wasn't supposed to close, you know. It was one of these coats that were open like... And, and they put first on me a cream-colored vest, magnificent vest, with a gold piping all over it, see? And it had these gold buttons, big buttons that went right down the middle of the vest, see? Very short, neat-looking vest. And they put this, this royal blue coat over that, and the coat had these tremendous epaulets, gold epaulets that came down. You know, those big, you've seen those gold brushes-like things that hang down there, see? And it had a couple of birds and a star and an eagle on the top, all woven gold and stuff. And he pulls this thing tight. Oh, fantastic. And the guy says, all right, Jaime Hollis. All right, bring out the pants. So at that point, I mean, you know, it just kind of kind of kills it when guys start yelling like that. You know, I wanted a little, little trumpet playing or something around me there. And uh, they bring out these very tight, beautiful, velvet silver pants. And it's just great, man. And they had these high boots that had gold buttons down the side. And, and there I was, you know, sword the whole bit. I couldn't think, what the hell am I, you know? And uh, so I, I, I asked him, I said, to, excuse me, I said, Jaime, uh, uh, you're Jaime? He said, yeah, what's it to you? I said, well, Jaime, I said, what, what is his suit? He said, well, let me tell you what. 17th Queen's Hussars Light Cavalry. Uh, Colonel of Cavalry you are. I'm a Colonel of Cavalry, the 17th Light Cavalry. Queens, low, upper, middle, heavy artillery, the whole bit. A cavalry colonel. And it's an authentic 17th century costume. Well, that night, uh, we went into rehearsal for the first time on 2nd Avenue over Ratner's. They used the 2nd Avenue halls over there. And I meet all my fellow performers. And they're all there, you know. Oh, there's a lot of strange people in this one. Yeah, Mike Kellum was in it. Uh, he was also dressed as a as an officer in the 17th Queen's own light infantry. <laughs> he was. He, by the way, I ranked him. I was a colonel. He was just a, something like a, an overleutnant or a subleutnant or something. See, and then there was one guy. There was an elegant actor there with silver sideburns, and he was a marshal. He was a field marshal, and all oh, he had. You should have seen the suit he had. I mean, you know, it was an unbelievable transformation. This down-at-the-heels actor, you know, who was spending most of his days down at the unemployment line there at 40 cents, all of a sudden he became a field marshal. And it was fantastic. He, too, he stood tall, I want to tell you. Clothes will do it to you. He stood tall. 
And he had pr command presence. And we, we were rehearsing a scene. See, all scenes like this. You'd say things like, uh, But forsooth, the cavalry will attack! And at that point, somebody would say something like this, But my lord, we cannot forget the right flank. And uh, so we're, <laughs> and we were saying, oh, it was really great. And then the final scene, and I will tell you about the final scene right after this exciting announcement. Shopping for hers potato chips and snack foods is a family affair because hers has something for everyone: potato chips, pretzels, corn chips. Everybody finds a favorite. Hers potato chips taste good because they're made the natural way. There's not a single preservative in them. This is the way you'll find them in your store. Country fresh. And hers are packaged to stay that way when you get them home. Hers. Good things from the country. Dodge is right on target. With great buys. See the friendly Dodge boys. They're good guys. Surround yourself in quiet elegance for 1975 in the Dodge Royal Monaco Brougham. Never more beautiful than now. Royal Monaco Brougham. Luxury you can afford to enjoy. Dodge is right on target. With great buys. See the friendly Dodge boys. They're good guys. Yeah. We've got a full line of Dodge Monacos, including wagons. So come in. Experience the comfort, convenience, and luxury of Monaco. The Dodge Boys have what you're looking for in 75. See the friendly Dodge Boys. They're good guys. Oh, Manhattan Dodge. Manhattan and Holman Motor Sales in Floral Park. Exciting. Right. Boing. Let's see, uh, oh yeah, hey, are you looking for a new idea for dinner tonight? One that stays within your budget. Pick up a can of Durkee O&C, Rio French Fried Potatoes. That's Durkee O&C. There's a new recipe leaflet on top of the can featuring eight great budget meals. Durkee Rio French Fried Onions. Onions. Rio French Fried Onions. And they, they have all these great recipes right there on the can. Minutes before it's done, you sprinkle the rest of the onions on the top. They get crispy and crunchy. It's extra delicious. Look for Durkee French Fried Onions in the colorful red and white can in the vegetable or snack food section at your grocer's. They are the best thing that ever happened to ground meat and casseroles. I thought something good should eventually happen to ground meat. Took a long time. Try them. You'll see. I found no cars that could compete with what the Alpha would give me until I got up to the fifteen dollars to $20,000 range. I'm Lee Hunt, talking to Alpha Romeo owners across the country. Jim Fraser heads Comtrend in Stamford, Connecticut. This car has got a fantastic engine, it's got fantastic handling, but it's still a sedan and still a car my wife can use functionally. And she can park it, she can take it in and get groceries. When I'm out on the road, the Alpha and myself, we're like one machine. I drive the car very hard, and I found that I was getting 24 miles to the gallon now. There are three Alfa Romeos. Berlina four-door, GTV Coupe, Spider Convertible. $5,700 to $6,800 POE. You can get the Alfa feeling with a test drive at your dealers. 
Yes, see the new Alfa Romeos at your Alfa dealer. He's in the yellow pages. This is Ed Marshall. And Debbie Collins here at Genevieve's Drugstore. They sure aren't bashful about displaying their low prices, are they, Debbie? Look at all those big signs everywhere. That's right, Ed, because at Genevieve's, prices are no secret. How about prescription prices, Debbie? You know by law you can't advertise prescription prices. But you don't have to keep them a secret. Not here in the pharmacy. Look, there's a huge chart with the actual prices of over 200 prescription drugs. You can't miss that, and it's easy to read. If you have any questions, just ask any Genevieve's pharmacist. Like Joel Dinhofer. Right, Joel? Right, Debbie. If you don't understand the chart, or the prices, or what your prescription calls for, just ask. I'll be glad to help. And I'll even price your prescription before you get it filled. Prescription prices are no secret here at Genevieve's. One more good reason why Genevieve's pharmacists fill over 2 million prescriptions a year. Say, don't forget to remind all our customers to ask any Genevieve's pharmacist about our senior citizens plan. Genevieve's drugstores for 50 years. They care about you. Oh, I didn't know. Gee, I'm so delighted somebody cares about me. Monarch brokerage. <laughs> Limited. <laughs> I love these phrases where they say, they care about you. You know, they care. Can't you just see, you know, the governor, he's sitting there saying, gee, I wonder how he's doing tonight. I think I'll give him a call. Monarch Brokerage Limited, representing Countrywide Insurance Company of New York, announces no-fault rates if you're single between the ages of 18 and 25 and driving at least a year. I'm not going to go through all these prices, but uh, they really have some great prices on insurance for locally. In fact, I'll just give you a tip. Here's one example. Uh, Manhattan, $217. If you're driving a car, you'll know how inexpensive that is. And this is... Uh, uh, driver's Ed discount, too. There's no charge for accidents or tickets, if acceptable to the company. And they also insure motorcycles. So find out about this if you're between 18 and 25, any age, actually, if you've been driving a year. Call. Uh, the uh, area code is New York City, of course, 212, and the number is 961-6333. I repeat, uh, call between 10 and 9, 10 a.m. and 9 p.m., the number is 961-6333. It could save you some big bucks, buddy. Right. Yeah. Right. If I could learn a system here to do seven spots simultaneously, it would be fantastic, wouldn't it? You know, like multiple diplex spot <laughs> uh, Whether you drive a sports car, sedan, compact, or a limousine, or an Irish male, General Tire has the tires you need at prices that you can afford. Choose from steel-belted tires, glass-belted tires, all kinds of great spectacular tires that have quality built into them. This is General Tires, and if you drop by your General Tire headquarters, you'll find out why you're going to be driving sooner or later Generals. And in Plainfield, your General Tire specialist is in charge at the General Tire Service on West Front Street. Stop by and ask for Big Herb. He's the one eating the blimpy. Bring it up there. Sooner or later, you'll own Generals. Well, how much time do we have? Quick. Oh, we can still do a little bit here. Yes, we can lay 17 other more spots on you. What the heck are we doing here? <laughs> oh, all jesting aside. One, let's get the last one out of the way here. The outdoor ice skating pond at Rockefeller Plaza. Uh, they have a, a restaurant there, the Promenade Cafe. And it's a great cafe. You've probably been around there. From 10.30 in the morning till 10.30 p.m., seven days a week, you can just take your skates down there. 
And uh, skate to sharpen your appetite, too, because uh, they have a great deal there. For just eight ninety five, you can enjoy a full five-course dinner and then ice skate, too. Eight ninety five skating, the whole bit. <laughs> That's something else, isn't it? But uh, they have parking, too. Sunday through Friday at 6 p.m. is only a dollar for skaters or diners at the Rockefeller Center Garage. So that's the Promenade Cafe, Rockefeller Center. All right. Now, the final scene, though, taught me a lesson, man, I've never forgotten. Now, I want to finish this scene. Do you have any romantic music in there for me? Sure you do. Come on, all romantic, you know, something, something real nice and gooey. Sure. That's it. That's perfect. Bring it up there. The final scene of this epic came when we had we had uh, consummated victory at Waterloo or someplace. Yes, it was at the Battle of Blenheim or something like that, and the Queen's 17th Own Foot Guards were victorious once again. And the final scene came in the in a grand ballroom, and what a spectacular scene it was! There were chandeliers hanging a thousand feet in the air, and they had candles in them, you know, and it was an orchestra led by Mozart himself. And uh, they were playing things like harpsichords and all that. And the, the final scene came when, when all of us danced in the great swirling crowd under the chandeliers. And Shepard was in his full-dress uniform. <laughs> the colonel that led the charge. Oh, what a scene, man. We swirled around, around. And you should have seen the girl they provided me with. My God. Oh, oh boy. They don't make girls this century like that. She came right out of the 17th century. She was something else. I mean, oh, she had a waist. I would say her waist was roughly three, four inches around. And I'm telling you, the top side of her was, oh, we swirled round and round there. And under the chandeliers with the candles and the music playing, whispering sweet nothings. And I was wearing this big white wig, you know, powdered wig. But she said things like, you know, the camera with dialing in us. Dolly in comes sweeping and pick up her magnificent cameo-like face. And she would say things like, uh, you dance elegantly, my colonel. <laughs> and I, I would say things. <laughs> and she had a fan, you know. Oh, my God, we're swirling around there in the scene. And all this, you know, and it was kind of ironical to note that as we're swirling around dancing in the cameras, it was all in full color. Over us were going the credits. I mean, you know. It was this audio by Charlie Ockenweiler. Special effect lighting by Isidore Glickstein, you know, and all this stuff was going by. But we were swirling for one brief moment under the clouds, under the stars, marching along the great majestic pathway of history. Oh, you danced divinely, my colonel. <laughs> How many guys have had that said to him? Not many, that's right. And wearing the right suit, too, for it. Oh, yes, and we have been just victorious, remember that? It's been one hell of a battle. I'll never forget the fantastic scene that Sal Minio had as the second lieutenant. Yeah. Oh, yes, and he was riding on this white horse, and the cannonball came in. Oh, what a scene. Yes, Sal Minio was killed in this one. It was very exciting. Yes, yes. Richard Kiley was only an enlisted man in those days. Oh, yes, he was playing just, the, you know, the guy that pushed the cannons around. I was the colonel, I might point out, at that time. Yes, sir, you should have seen the horse that I had. Oh, boy. Of course, it was only half of them, see, because then they showed the top half, and it, he was made out of wood. See, they cut him out, and there I was. But what a moment. I mean, how many of you have ever sat down at a great big gold French provincial table and said, oh, now here is the plan of the attack? I have it right here. Gentlemen, 
We attack tomorrow at dawn. That was my line. Gentlemen, we attack tomorrow at dawn. And the, the, the marshal stood over us, you know, and he said, he kept saying things like, we want to be sure, though, that the light artillery does not get in the line ahead of us. And at that point, I said, don't worry, Colonel. Or, excuse me, don't worry, Marshal. I'm the Colonel, that's right. Don't worry, Marshal. We have our plans well coordinated. Is that correct, Monsieur Perron? And at that point, Monsieur Perron, the, the, the captain under me, turns to me and says, Oui, oui, mon Colonel. I says, indeed, he won't. And now... We shall formulate the plans, gentlemen. Set your watches, and they take out all these gold watches and start setting them, see. And, and we faded out at that moment and went into a Kraft cheese commercial just as we're laying the plans out. Oh, it was really great. And this announcer came in and said, And now today's special Kraft for this week. Kraft melted American cheese poured over English walnuts with a dash of celery juice provides an elegant after-dinner Swiss cafe. Remember, it's Kraft American cheese. And now back to tonight's drama, Victory at Blenheim Ridge. Oh, God. <laughs> All right there, man, hold it there before I go completely out of the studio here with my sword waving in the air. Yeah, and there was one scene which I, I always, uh, I, I, I really really cherish in my memories. You know, that's the thing. You know, when you're an actor and you've done any acting, I'm talking about professional acting, your, your, your mind is filled with scenes that you played and they become mingled with your own memories. Yes. I clearly remember the day, the only day that I actually honestly uh, challenged a man to a duel. I mean, a genuine duel. I said to a, one scene, beautiful scene, uh, there was a, a sneaky... A lieutenant colonel of artillery, which who, by the way, was later proven in the in the script to be a double agent. He was actually working for the for the dreaded Spaniards, and uh, yes, <laughs> they had a great colonel too. You should have seen him. But he he had a, he had one of these little Van Dyke mustaches. They're great. See, I only had great big sideburns they put on me. See, the big silver. Oh, it's fantastic. And uh, there was a scene when I I went up to this lieutenant colonel. I said, sir. Excuse my glove. Swat. Excuse my glove. I swatted him across the face with a pair of kid gloves, you know, snap him like that. And at that point, he said, he said, where do you hear this line? He said, we shall meet at dawn. And at that point, we were going to meet at dawn. We were going to meet at dawn. He said, we shall meet at dawn. And I said, name your weapons. And he said, firearms at 30 paces. And at that point, that show would have ended right there for me, because, you know, at that point, the marshal said, Here, here! We'll not have any dueling among the men before the Battle of Blenheim. We'll have none of that. And at that point, I said, But, sir, he... He says, I'll have none of that. I want you two to apologize. I said, Apologize? I rank him by at least half a rank. The lieutenant colonel, see. And the lieutenant colonel says, Sir, I apologize, but only informality. I said, I accept your apologies. Only informality. We shall meet again one day, sir. Well, we did. We met after the second commercial. And I'll tell you about how that went. And see, and compare that. Compare that with Adam 12, Officer Malloy, kids his buddy, over to Squeaky Shoes. See how far down television has come. Would you imagine me kidding the marshal about his squeaky buskin? 
he was wearing or kidding Richard Kiley about the fact that his armor was a little rusty? No way. We swirled in sheer glory that night. You, have you ever wondered where my where my presence of command came from? That's right. Do you know that in one scene, I shot up an entire gang in a western town one day? That's right. You're curious what the show was? Destry. That's right. I was Destry, man. And I laid them out right there in the saloon. One by one. Uh, Woo! This is uh, WOR New York. Stay tuned for In Conversation.